this is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the MFG cast. Uh, you guys are a very much very lucky bunch of fans. It's weird. I don't know. Why do I say that? It's just weird coming out of my mouth like, you should you should be so excited to be listening to this. And you, we're glad that you're listening. How about, how about, how about that? <laughs> but you do get something special because we're actually going to have two awesome interviews this week. So you guys are going to be having twice the excitement. Uh, we have uh, we, two great guests. You, are, you already heard the first one, but now we have a great one this episode, I should say. I always want to say today or tonight, but it's always different depending on whoever's listening. But we have John Moffat from Stone Circle Games. John, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Great, great. Awesome. Since you're new to the show, we're, we want to get to know you a little bit, kind of know how you tick, um, why you decided to get into this world of gaming that's fun, not really not really lucrative, but you know you have to have a passion to get into it. But the one thing, the one thing I wanted to ask you to kind of get this kickstarted is like, what's the first hobby game that you played that you're like, whoa, like this is awesome. I want more of this. That, that's a good question. Right? Most people ask, you know, what was the first game you played? And everyone just says, you know, Monopoly. Or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, no, that's a good one. I, the, the first one I remember getting really excited about, um, I picked up a copy of Robo Rally. And I, I, we were on a ski trip and I uh, spent probably two hours in the car reading and getting car stick. And I was just so excited. And then I set it up right for my brothers and we just couldn't figure out what we were doing. But I just knew it was something amazing. <laughs> so I was really excited, and I, I, I knew that there had to be some way to make that a little more accessible to people our age. I, I think we're a little too young, but I, I was just super, super, super excited about that. Uh, didn't quite live up to my expectations just because we couldn't figure it out, but <laughs> it's not in the fault of the game. <laughs> That's awesome. So was it something that, you know, like spiraled and you just kept, kept continuing, or did you have like a stint of like, oh, you know, this was fun playing this game, and then you – years later you really got into it or is it just something that's just just been consistent for you no it's kind of get bigger and bigger over the years you know i had i had three younger brothers we always play board games um and then i would kind of get the idea in my head that i can make this a little better i I can do this better or differently and that forced them to try whatever idea i had it was never any good but they're good sports about it so i think just kind of kept that in the back of my brain and then you know went to school and years later in college, there are a lot of people who are really into, into board games. And um, I, at that time, I just played some card games and stuff with roommates, little 40K. And then, um, so what they were up to, I said, oh, this is really interesting. And one of the guys there, uh, I think it was part of his master's work, he started a game design club. And I said, oh, I, I used to do that. I'll show up and I'll, I'll see if I know anything. I didn't know anything anymore. I, I'd forgotten all of it or I was out of touch. And so that's when I started kind of getting back into it and saying, well, what, what, what are games like now? 
and that's that's kind of how it kicked me off. <laughs> Seeing <laughs> nice. better people do better things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it something that, you know, when you get together now, is it something that you get together with friends? Do you do gaming groups? Do you do a little bit of both? You know, I always like to know about that on the designer front, you know, because it's like you're always kind of doing those things. So it's like, you know, do you have a regular game group or is it something you're just trying to do every once in a while? I, I try to do it all the time. It comes out being every once in a while. I, I think the the, I'm the the worst part of it, the worst thing I do as a designer is is I don't play many games just because of time. I got uh, I, I got two jobs, you know, with the, the the game company and my my day job that makes me the actual money. Three kids, and so I'm I'm pretty busy. <laughs> uh, usually, games is is having people over my house. I provide the beer, and they they show up. Uh, that seems pretty fair to me. I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> So do your, you know, talking about your brothers, do your brothers still game, you know, is it, is it something that they got away from and, you know, you know, did something else or do they still st- stick it, stay in touch with that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. If they, you know, every time we're together, that's what we do. So Christmas day, you know, we're, we're playing uh, a space team and we are playing some raw stuff like that. Just whatever we can do that's loud, you know, a lot of brothers <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, they, they still play probably not as much as me. So whenever they come over, it's always, you know, what, what's what's new? What, what do you what do you got that's new? Oh, let me show you this this really cool thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a nice little built-in activity. You know, brothers are kind of spread around the actually spread around the world right now. So uh, nice. it's good to have something to jump into when we when we see each other after a long time. That's cool. I like that. So is oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you tap me. Go ahead. I know I did tap you. <laughs> see, you didn't see that over there. No, that was good. That was a very <laughs> subtle tap. I it was until he called me out on it. <laughs> so. Are there certain games that you have as your go-to games right now with them? Or is it just, you know, hey, this is the type of game that I found that I like to play right now? Or are there particular games that you have as your go-to go-to game that you really love? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that most of the people I, I play with are um, kind of comfortable let me drive and just say, you know, what, what's the new thing? What's good? And we'll kind of filter it. If it works the group, I'm pretty good, I think, at knowing that's really cool. I want to buy that on Kickstarter, but no one in my group would like it. So I just, I could kind of pass on it. But I, I tend to, and most of the people I play with tend to like, maybe you can help me. Maybe you've heard a better term for this. I, I, I like to say very mean games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> competitive games. Well, competitive, you know, I would, I'm not a big war gamer. I'm not a big take that kind of person, but um, you know, games like Jorvik, games like raw where I can, it's a simple auction game, but I can really mess people up. Um, I, I, something about that really appeals to me and, and my brothers and, and most of my friends, I think too, we don't like each other very much. Uh, that's, that's probably the reason, but <laughs> you know, I, I like to say, I, I like, I like really competitive games. Like, well, do you like this? No, I, I guess that's not what I mean. So, mean is the best term i can come up with but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and that's what a lot of people say when they i think they describe some games you know they're like oh you're gonna love this game but just to let you know it's kind of mean you know it's, yeah. it's like when we play like emotep or like emotep the duel like it, it seems like just a very simple easy game but it can be pretty mean if you if you make it that way you know yeah i'm gonna Absolutely. send you off here and then you're gonna be so mad at me yeah <laughs> just happens a lot (laughs) yeah so so are you a particular style of gamer do you like euro games over what they call a meritrash a marathrash whatever you'd like to call it you know are you do you care or is it just like oh just whatever whatever style of game kind of you know trips your trigger this week or whatever you know i i i was probably very a marathrash up until you know five six years ago and i started seeing that there's some really really clever stuff out there 
Um, and so I've started shifting a little bit, but like I said, I, I think, um, I, I like the sensibilities of Euro games. I like the mechanics. There's a lot of games I see, um, and you'll think this is really clever, but I'm not having any fun because I'm not, I'm not messing with anyone. I'm not, I'm not engaging anybody else. I'm not really big on the whole solitaire thing. So um, in particular, we have this really streamlined uh, Euro mechanics. Like I bring up Jorvik again. Um, that one's really simple. I can teach it very quickly, um, but I'll do horrible things to you in that game. It's, it's really, you really engage with what everyone's doing. It's very, very mean and competitive, but it's very simple and uh, I think has a lot of legs on it. You can change a couple of cards out or whatever and, and uh, have some real big impact. So that, that's kind of my, my wheelhouse, I guess, is, is uh, Euro sensibilities, but with a lot of player engagement uh, and, and as much theme as you can cram into the cubes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So when you're playing games, and it's funny because we, we were just kind of talking about this because we got to see a friend of ours at a con. And when he plays a game, he now that he's a designer, it's, it seems like, He's very like, oh, I don't understand why that's a thing. And like, you know, just for some reason, you can tell the designer hat is on when you're, when you're, when they're playing a game, you know, is it, is that something when you do that, when you play a game, you're like, oh, I would have, I would have changed that. Or like, oh, you know, I wish this would have been a little different or, you know. I would have done these rules. I would have uh, written these, had these rules written different. These are too wordy or these aren't wordy enough. <laughs> he was, He kept doing that the entire time. And I was like, Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. We're insufferable. We're insufferable. Yeah, I'm like, geez. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like I said, they're, they're especially, you know, I'll be sitting down to a new game. My friends really excited about it and I'll just sit there and they'll play it. And I'll be like, Oh man, I can see why you're excited. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I'm having no fun. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> oh, it's so I clever. It's so impression. cool. It just doesn't work. And here's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And I think he liked him too, but at the same time I was like, you could just see his wheels spinning, maybe a little smoke coming out of his ears. And he was just, you know, there were things that were just like irking. It's just like, God, I so wouldn't have done it that way. No, I'm definitely a guy that sits there and, and I just say, talk to myself. It's like, Oh, that's so clever. If you, oop, I'm not going to tell them they can do that. Oh, mm. this is so neat. They don't realize this fits in here. And <laughs> I'm going to get them on this Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's funny and it's funny because we you know we're not i don't feel like we're that bad sometimes but like i like even the other day we played a game where we're like boy these instructions whoo these are these need some work you know and then mm -hmm. you know we would never tell anybody that because you just that's that's not the thing to do but like still it's like sometimes when you're sometimes when you're playing a game you just there's especially if you've been playing for a while now it's like you can tell when things are like, oh man, I would not, you know, I would have to teach this to my friends because if they tried to teach it themselves or try to read, you know, like even, you know, I know I have a hard time reading instructions. So like I, some of those times I, I see those things and I'm like, oh man, I can't even imagine somebody, you know, like <laughs> Todd or, you know, Gene playing this game because it would just set them off. Cause it'd be like, you know, all of a sudden you, after a while you'd be like, the instructions you'd just be like i i don't know what you're talking about you know let's watch a video you know, they like, totally shut down yeah. absolutely so, absolutely yeah. <laughs> so you so you you play games for you know for quite a while you get into them so why why do you decide to get into the world of making games and having your own company 
Uh, so I have to confess, I, I got into it for probably the worst reason, which is to publish some of my games. Uh, and everyone says that's the worst reason to do it. Don't, don't do that at all. Um, <laughs> so we, we started with a few friends and some, uh, you know, some business type people and brought it together. And that was kind of the idea is like, hey, no one's making the games we want to make. Let's make the games we want to make. And I, I, I think, um, fortunately, some difficulty and some failure has, has tempered that a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I've done a lot more now and seen, you know, what the publisher side does, what the development side does, what the promotion side does. Um, getting a better sense of what is actually the work, you know, what you're actually doing, but also uh, finding a lot of joy in that. Um, you know, things like conventions. I love doing conventions. It's the most exhausting uh, hours of my life, absolutely. <laughs> but um, and and uh, you know, some of the games I, I've developed, I, I'll never play again because I've demoed it so many times. I'm just done. Um, but it, it's very, very rewarding, you know, to engage with people and see what well, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work, what what clicks, and just you know, get that. Um, and then if you're lucky enough to to have people come back and say, Hey, I played this game. It was great. I say, well, oh, that's, that's fantastic. You know, so getting into that kind of stuff has been really not what I expected at all. And it's been a really rewarding in, in kind of different ways. Um, that's yeah. cool. New yeah. problems, new, uh, new joys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, you know, even, even when we're at conventions and stuff like that, like literally I get exhausted just watching all these people, you know, do, do these demos and stuff like that and like you know somebody you know even you know anybody's like kind of walking about look look oh hey would you like to learn about this oh i don't know well here let me show you anyway you know that kind of thing it's just like <laughs> after a while i'm just like man i feel so bad for you it just seems like it's so much work just to you know to get that out there but you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> well, and then you're on your feet and you're mm-hmm. you know talking so much and yeah, yeah, yeah. lozenges and trail mix that's the, that's the key <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Holy smokes. Jeez. <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you started this company, you know, what was like, for lack of a better term, what was like your mission statement? What was something like when you went into this besides the, you know, I want to make my games, you know, you know, what, what was, you know, going into it? What's the thing that you thought like this, this is what we want to do when we make our games. Sure. So in, in Stone Circle Games, we've got a few different uh, designers, a few developers. And as we looked at them, we kind of backed into what, you know, what is our, what is our style, what is our genre. And what we're really trying to get to is high, pl- high, high player engagement, high theme, some kind of nifty mechanics, but really a focus on player interaction and on the product being as nice as we can with it being as affordable as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for we've talked about doing things like miniatures and kind of getting that route, and we've kind of shied away from that partly because we don't know a lot about it. Mm. Um, but it's it's a to a lot of us, it, it, to me anyway, it's it's a very different space to compete in, and one that we're not as interested in. And I think if you're not passionate about what you're doing, especially if you're not making a lot of money, you're taking a lot of time, you're on your feet and talking to people all day long, it's, it's just not going to work out. And so. Um, we're really looking for those games that you can you can put in front of someone that's that's newer, and get them to get the idea of it really quickly, and then see okay I see how this would be fun I see if this is for me or for or not for me, uh, and again really focus on that that player engagement, uh, you know really really getting you know having to get into those heads or having to predict what people are doing or or you know the the meanness as I say <laughs> a lot of my games tend to be very mean, um, but uh, just ha- having that high player engagement with a really strong connection to the mechanics and the theme. Yeah, that's awesome. God, I had a question and then it kind of escaped me. So I forget what I'm, do you have anything while I think about this? <laughs> no, I, what was going through my head was we should have introduced him as John Moffat 
the mean guy. <laughs> the mean guy. The mean guy. Oh, the mean guy. Nice. <laughs> I thought you said the mean guy. That's funny. Good joke. I, the, I've actually the mean mean guy. Maybe. <laughs> my, my, my unofficial title in one gaming group is the ungamer. Oh. Uh, because I, because I said I like you said you kind of see things and take them apart and figure it out and I'll be just going off doing my own little thing and someone else is winning the game like what are you doing like well I'm having fun and I'm messing with this guy I don't know what you're doing <laughs> yeah well that's that's a cool that's a cool idea because it you know it makes me think about like it feels like when you're when you're playing you know games over and over again like some people kind of take the same path you know they're like okay I know how to win I know that this one thing is a little overpowered so I'll just keep beating this drum until I get to it you know and sure. I like that, you know, that you are taking that other aspect too, because, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of gamers, you know, aren't really thinking about that. You know, they're not thinking about, Oh, maybe I could try this this time. You know, even if you've played a game like five to 10 times, you know, some people don't really experiment or go, go a different path. Sure. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. really good test, you know, for, for the, the, longevity and the, the variedness of a game you know if you if you find that one thing on, on play two and you keep doing it, it always wins you know that tells me i probably could keep in my collection right so i i like to do that just to kind of test and see and see if i can have more fun this way or can i make my ang- my buddy angry doing this or you know what can i do <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> my games that, that are always the most fun for me is the ones where i can i can shift up and i've played enough that i know you know here's three or four different things that work but if i maybe I do a hybrid of A and C, you know, and just kind of shift between these two gears and, and see if I can get any leverage out of that. That's a lot of fun just to experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time, first time I play, I always say, first time I play is a learning game. I don't know how, care how simple it is. I'm just playing to learn it and mm-hmm. mess around. And then I'll get, that'll get me in a second game. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll have your strategy to destroy your enemies. So when it comes to, you know, making your games like, you know, or I, I shouldn't say making your games because you, probably pull from different uh, designers and stuff like that. What are some of your processes into making this game viable for everybody? You know, is it something where, you know, everyone always says playtesting a half a million times, but like, is there any other tricks of the trade that you use or that everyone at, or the pe- people that work for you or work with you, you know, do that you kind of use to kind of, you know, make this game more streamlined and more, more fun for the players? Sure. I, I think I'll start with one of the biggest mistakes I think some newer designers make is kind of what you said is trying to make something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now, especially in the hobby market, that's just not possible. You know, you go back a hundred years, you make Monopoly. That was for everyone for the longest time because that's what they had, that or your poker. But yeah. so <laughs> I, I think especially now you have to be very cognizant of what you're, who you're targeting and what your audience is, uh, how much are they willing to pay? Uh, that's, kind of the first the first step is you know when you turn your publisher hat put your publisher hat on is start to think well this is a cool game what would it cost okay this is a hundred dollar game and it's for families that's not going to work okay so a lot of it's just kind of taking a look and trying to guess or, or talking to the designers and I, I ask myself this question is who is this for who would like this is this something that i would like in which case i'm going to do my side product and project and, and never talk about it but uh, you know, who, who would like this what other games are like it what are those people like what are they willing to pay what um you know do they like big flashing components they like lots of art you know what what kind of things do they do, you know make, makes them happy and then once you have that narrowed down and you're starting to actually play it and you know with a mind for streamlining or, or testing or that kind of things i like to look most at again the reaction of the players 
in terms of what they're doing that's not playing the game. So I'll take, for, for example, Battle for Paternia, which is our, our latest publication. A lot of, in, in the original uh, versions of it, we had these little life tokens, you know, hit point things. You, you put wounds on things. And you look, look across the table and you can see there's lots of wounds over there, lots of wounds over there. But it's a game that when you get better at it, it's very, very, the numbers are very, very tight. And so the difference between nine and 10 is huge, you know, and how much damage is on something. Mm-hmm. And you notice as we're, we're playtesting and watching people play it, a lot of time is spent asking questions. How, much, how many hit points do you have? Okay. How many hit points do you have? Okay. How much defense do you have? What about this? What about this? And although that's good engagement, that shows the players are following what's important it's time they're not really engaging with the fun parts of the game. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't want to take that out. You want to remove that, but you want to streamline as much as possible. And so we did that in this instance with little hit point uh, bars built into the hero things. You can look over and see how they're close to death. They're not close to death. Even if you don't know exactly how many you can see very, very quickly. And so that was kind of what we did is, is minimize the, the number of questions that are being asked. So it's really about looking for what, audiences looking for what they're having fun doing what parts of the game they really enjoy what parts they not enjoy and cut out the stuff they don't enjoy and then what are they doing that's not playing the game are they always looking in the rule book are they always looking at reference cards are they you know is there a lot of math they have to do they need some other aid for you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and sometimes that's fine again for your audience playing 18xx there could be tables who cares but in a light you know lighter you know strategy game maybe you can get it down to one table maybe the mechanical table and the combat table could be the same thing you know, that way it's easy to remember, right? We, we can trigger it a little bit so that it fits. So that, that's kind of that, you know, the publisher hat type stuff or the, the de- that's really game development, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, speaking of like Battle for Baternia, like, you know, you made this game kind of look like, you know, your old school, like Final Fantasy game, you know, and you want it, you know, and you could tell by the look and feel of it with, you know, with, the hit points and stuff like that you wanted it to be more you know it looks like it's more kind of like that theme where something you would see if you were kind of playing an old school video game and stuff like that so yep. you know I, I like that and and it doesn't need to be like what you said it doesn't have to be more crunchy numbers and stuff like that where people are kind of like you know if you think of it in game in a style of a video game it's like people aren't going oh what's my hit points they're there you can see it you know so I mean, it's a great idea to bring that into focus so it's not everyone just wasting their time on other things they shouldn't have to. Sure, sure. And that, and that was a very good example of just kind of leaning in to, um, you know, the, the designer, when he had that game, he had the 18, the 16-bit kind of thing in mind. Nice. Um, and so the job from the development side is to say, okay, that's a great aesthetic. People love that. How do we get everything to fit into that? How do we make the rule book look like that? How do we make, like I said, the, the, the hit point trackers look like they would fit in that kind of world? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just leaning into what people already liked and saying, cool, we can make everything else work in that. Fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Cool. Well, we've talked about a lot about your, your process and stuff like that. What are some of the things in the future for Stone Circle Games that you're, you're really excited about that you're working on? that maybe you can shed a light on? Sure, sure. Um, so the next thing we've been kind of starting to tease and, and build up towards, um, we're doing an expansion for Battle for Paternia. Oh, nice. Uh, we're going to Pixelvania, so that's going to be our horror, uh, <laughs> you, you know, Transylvania kind of themed thing. So we got a nice. vampire, we got a do with a whip, um, you know, some other fun stuff. Uh, so that, that's going to be our next big project. We always have a couple things in, in the pipes. We have a really cool game one of our, our guys is developing, uh, that's about uh, jousting tournaments, but not actually doing the joust, actually just betting on it and manipulating and messing with them. Oh, uh, nice. So you don't actually care who wins as long as you're the one that said they're going to win when they, when they won. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a weird little manipulation thing that's, that's pretty neat. We've got a cool little 
asymmetrical hidden movement game where one person's kind of like an assassin sneaking around, the other person's trying to hunt them down. Um, that's 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 pretty cool. We're 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 looking a lot, like I said, uh, kind of focusing on some smaller stuff, um, nice. just so we can uh, kind of build up our inventory of of, of titles uh, without costing too much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the idea of the joust betting on the jousting game. That's that's something that's I don't think has really been sought at. You know, the bidding thing, obviously, but doing it at a jousting event that's that sounds pretty awesome. Are you going to mm-hmm. have you know, different characters with, you know, with different backstories or is it just going to be just the gameplay and just a little bit of theme behind it? Yeah. So we're, we're, um, this is all speculative obviously, but we're, we're <laughs> hoping to really, really get, um, some really nice uh, artwork for these to really have that kind of tell the story. Uh, we've got a really cool cast of characters as the Knights. They, you know, they're, they're at the end of the day in the game, they're just the ones jousting and, and the players, the ones, messing with them and, and driving everything mm-hmm. um but i think with some good artwork we can really tell the story of who these people are and i'm kind of excited to do that um it's got a really neat system whereby you have uh these knights with their own little traits and abilities then you have these titles that you can randomly assign to them so you can have you know sir joe the truculent sir joe the brave um and so every time you see sir joe he'll be a little bit different he'll have some weird little attribute kind of hoping to work that into some fun little stories so you you can um uh, you know, get get some fun out of seeing what Joe does each time. Like, oh man, last Joe was really time. Joe was really good. This time's for Joe. Not backing that horse. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. I, it, it, that almost seems like a good, like, fun, like, engaging, like, either like party game for like people that you know are together for a couple of drinks, or like for families that you know want to just see if they can outbid each other and stuff like that. I like I like that idea. Or possibly for someone who isn't. Who doesn't want to get into anything super heavy that's true yeah that's true yeah yeah very cool awesome well geez seems like there's a lot a lot of good stuff here it's uh or that you guys got going on with stone circle games and a lot of Thank cool you. stuff coming up <laughs> so that's awesome so if people want to get a hold of you and your company and just kind of see see the path of where everything is going how can they reach you uh the easiest way is stonecirclegames.com uh, you're going to see all our stuff that's already out. You'll see some little hints that we're working on. Um, we have a little presence on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. But uh, definitely, if you want to be notified when things are coming out, get our email list. But the website where you'll see everything, our whole catalog, all our good stuff. Very awesome. cool. Very cool. Well, John, we're going to have to have you on for more stuff. We're going to have to talk about games more because absolutely, I, f- absolutely. I feel I feel like there's going to be there's going to be a lot more a lot more conversations about different things that it'll be fun to talk to you about because man you got a lot of good information it was really fun talking to you (laughs) thank you thank you i had fun no problem yeah so hopefully you guys enjoyed we got a lot more guests coming up here um like i said before like i've said in previous episodes here the outpouring of people wanting to come on the show has been very humbling and very nice so until next time hopefully you can hear another great interview and until then i'm kurt and i'm tracy and this was the mfg cast thanks for listening Legends of Tabletop Podcast Creating legends One die at a time